In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. A little side note for you. I got a text message from seminarian Carpenter in the middle of the week. He texted me a photo of the hymn that he, we just sang, and he has to memorize it word by word for a class. <laughs> Pastor Leach and I had to do the same thing. It's a very ancient hymn from the mid to late 300s by Ambrose of Milan. Luther used it as well. It's amazing stuff. Today is the first Sunday in Advent. It's the beginning of a new church year, a new year of God's grace. We've had baptisms last year. We've had joyful occasions, sorrowful occasions. We didn't bury you last year, but we might this year, church year. Who knows? Might bury me. You've had new opportunities given to you, new classes new things to study and to look upon. Advent, though, is weird. Advent is practiced by many within the Christian church and many even outside of the Christian church. The world likes to use Advent today. I was over at a store in the afternoon of Black Friday, and there were Advent calendars by the toys section. Star Wars Advent calendars, Harry Potter Advent calendars, a fellow pastor texted me a photo of a bottle of scotch advent calendar. There's even a old school radio retro coding advent calendar. And then there's Christmas. You've heard it, you've seen it in the stores since late August. The world likes to celebrate these things even though they have nothing to do with the church. Advent is not really what it's all about in the context of the church. It's a countdown to Christmas for so many. And honestly, I remember that as a little boy growing up. The first candle's been lit today, four weeks till Christmas. The second and third candle have been lit, one week till Christmas. The fourth candle's been lit, oh, we're almost there to the white one. Not even paying attention to what's going on. The reality is, is that we need Advent because you and I and this world, even though everybody talks about it's the most wonderful time of the year and we begin to give and be a little more generous, all of that giving and that generosity is rather selfish. What do you want for Christmas? I would like this. Okay, well, I'll give it to you. Maybe not out of love, but because you helped me with my shopping list to get this all done. We give and we give and we give, and yet there are those who are in need. Advent throws a huge wrench into all of the holiday preparations, and I love it. I love it, and I hope you do as well, as something that draws us back into why we are here as the Christian church and as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a new year of God's grace. This is the new year, not January 1st. And the new year starts off in many ways with Advent, with a focus on the first words of Jesus in the gospel. Jesus does not arrive as an adult to begin his ministry wearing a name tag saying, hello, my name is Jesus. 
He doesn't arrive and say, Hi, I'm the Son of God that you've been longing for. Hi, I'm going to die and rise again. Come follow me. Jesus' first words are offensive. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And that's what Advent is all about. Advent is not pre-Christmas. I know, it's such a downer. But Advent focuses us and refocuses us on four things. Repentance, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Fa-la-la-la-la, la-la-la-la. But think about it. Those things seem to have nothing to do with the world that you're in today. Repentance, well, great. I got to feel guilty about what I've done or left undone. Great. Now, you Christians are really good about that. But the repentance is not us looking at others and condemning them. The repentance is you and I and looking at ourselves, examining ourselves where we are at in life. What sins am I caught up in? How can I try to change through God's grace, what I've been doing or not doing. Prayer. We love prayer, right? Pray for me, pray for you. Advent says, pray more. Focus your prayers. But these do not have to be the sort of prayers you hear in church. Maybe your prayers are very simple. Jesus, help my kids at school today. Jesus, be with my husband, be with my wife. Jesus, be with my neighbor who's in the hospital. Amen taking time during the Advent season and exercising the faith. Fasting. Ooh. All of the sugar and fat right now, that's what you're thinking, but that's not just simply fasting from food. How about fasting from technology that you're completely absorbed with and so am I? How about taking a time, maybe an hour or two, and taking the phone and locking it up someplace? How about spending time with your family instead of streaming or playing video games or being obsessed with certain YouTube channels like I am? How about things that are consuming you? Maybe it's something else. And looking at that and saying, I'm too wrapped up in this. That's what Advent says. Almsgiving. Now that's not saying necessarily increase your offering to the church. We certainly do that. Almsgiving is giving to the poor. Showing hospitality. That word hospitality where we get the word hospital and other things simply means love of the stranger. Pop in a dollar at that red container outside of Walmart. Help a food bank. We have people who do that. Taking this time and saying, I'm not so important. I need to live for my neighbor. What did you hear Jesus today? The law of God is simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Why do this now, pastor? Because the world is throwing everything at you right now to indulge. To sit there and say, yes, have it, have more. You need to go into debt for this. And we live and we love and we give for ourselves 
because we are always so focused on ourselves. You and I are the most important thing in your life. Everyone, every last one of you needs to accept me, be like me, listen to me, vote like me, agree with me on social media so that you can understand that I'm right and you're wrong, or at least confused. This is nothing new. The people of Israel wanted stuff new all the time. God had given them everything. You're my chosen people. I delivered you out of slavery. That's not good enough. We want something better. First Samuel chapter 8, they need a king. They tell the Lord, we want a king like the king of the nations, one who will fight for us, one who will be powerful, one who will deliver us on our terms. God says, you don't want a king like that. Because those types of kings, the worldly kings, live for themselves. Those kings are going to take your sons and put them on the front line. Those kings are going to take your daughters and make them his slaves and his concubines. They're going to take your land and pillage it for themselves. But Israel said, give us a worldly king. God said, fine. And they choked on it. God gives you and me everything you need and even more. And yet this time of year says, it's not quite enough. You need more. God warns the people of Israel that he has given them everything, and yet he can also take it away. He warns them that earthly kings, and don't you see it today, politicians live for themselves. And that selfish living, living only for yourself, is the way of destruction. The most wonderful time of the year, Pastor. What a downer. But Advent is not all about repentance, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. It's also the focus that God comes to you. That's what the word Advent means, to come. God has come to you in Jesus Christ, true God and true man. But here's the difference. Christmas is not about the baby Jesus giving you that brand new symbol you've always wanted for your drum kit. Christmas is not about you receiving that latest, greatest appliance to make your cooking easier. Jesus is not a God who is a breadwinner, a genie, or some sort of wishing well. We're happy you're born. Give us stuff. Jesus is not the big guy upstairs, the force, the energy, or even a feeling. He is true God and true man, and he comes for you. Not to browbeat you, not to make you feel even worse, not even to sit there and say, you must serve and do everything for me. He comes to take you and me out of our sins, our frustrations, our fears, and he kneels before you to lift you up. And he doesn't do it with a bunch of fancy things. He has no home. He has no food. As you heard here today, he's got no transportation. He has to borrow all of these things from others, even though he made them. 
He was born, used a feeding trough for his first crib. Today, as we heard, he enters into Jerusalem riding somebody's borrowed donkey and a colt. But it's all his. That's what Advent says to you as well. He's given you so much, but it's all his as well. He's not a God who demands you to work out your salvation. Your enemies of sin, the devil, and even yourself overpower you so much. He enters Jerusalem today to fight for you by becoming the biggest loser for you. He doesn't enter in on a Clydesdale or a war horse. He doesn't come with an army of angels and archangels. He comes riding two borrowed animals, trampling over people's borrowed clothing. But he comes to fight. That's because he comes to pray, to fast, to hear the word of God, to show love, and to give you his mercy. He comes to you in Jerusalem to set up his throne, but it's not a throne found in the temple. His throne is found on the cross where he dies so that you would live, where he rises so that you would rise, where he forgives you, loves you, and shows you mercy, all because I want it and I need it and I want to keep it to myself. No. So that you would forgive one another, love one another, and be merciful to one another. He has done this all for you, and even more so, he calls you by name. You're not going to sit here in 22 days with a bunch of presents that, I don't know who this is from or who this is. You open it. Oh, that, that's not for me, this is for you. You write the person's name on the gift. That font, that Bible, this altar has your names written all over it. These are given for you. That's because he advents for you today. He comes to you in his sacramental word, in his holy Eucharist. He comes to you to bring you the Lord's kingdom here and now. And you're going to see this played out in a few short moments. We pray the Lord's Prayer at a very specific part of the liturgy. We don't start the service with it. We don't end the service with it. Think about when we pray it. We pray it during the Eucharistic liturgy. After we have sung the uh, hosannas, Lord save us now, holy, 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 hosanna, Lord save us now. We pray together, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread so that we would be forgiven and that we now can forgive one another. 
And by this word and blessed gift, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The kingdom, the power, the glory is yours. And that prayer is immediately answered for you. Immediately. Our Lord Jesus Christ on the night in which he was betrayed. Take eat. Take drink. This is my body, my blood given and shed for you. Depart in peace and joy. You are now free because Jesus has come for you. He does this. He feeds us. He forgives us. He has first loved you because as Jeremiah says, He is the Lord, our righteousness. He fulfills our hosannas. Lord, save us now from the world, from the devil, and even myself. And we'll pray after the Eucharistic liturgy. We give you thanks that you have refreshed us in this gift. Strengthen our faith in you and our fervent love toward one another. You see why we need Advent? It's a new church year. Happy new church year! Think about it this way. In less than a month, people will be making New Year resolutions. I would encourage you to do that starting today. Come up with a list of resolutions. Not to show God how faithful and obedient and everything else that you are, but to examine your life, your spiritual life, and look at the new opportunities given for you. Week in and week out. Wednesday morning Bible class, 12 noon Eucharist service, 5.30 supper, 6 o'clock Bible class, choir practice for our kids, Sunday morning Bible class, pastoral appointments for whatever you'd need, even if it's confession and absolution. Devotions, which are being given out today as you leave. You might even notice that we are now praying for families in our church. We're doing it alphabetically by the roster. There's not something wrong with all of these people. This is a time to reflect and renew and pray. Repent. Pray, fast, devotion, maybe even volunteering. That's because, as we heard in Romans today, the church is all about taking care of other Christians, but also the greatest mission and commission, the great commission that God gives is not go therefore and make disciples of all nations. It is simply love your neighbor as yourself. Pastor Leach did a wonderful job of teaching us that yesterday. Actually look at that person that you might look at and say, ew, or that you might look at them with whatever they're doing with their life and say, gross, and look at them as a human being. Look at them as somebody that Jesus Christ died for because he did. God has shown you love and mercy, and we are called gathered and enlightened to do the same thing. Almsgiving, compare what you give to one another this time of year. Maybe give something away to someone else. Well, pastor, it sounds like you're leaving us today with a bunch of rules and everything else that's going to make us feel uncomfortable about Advent and maybe having a little holiday joy. No. Don't think that way. 
take this time to reflect, to reorientate your life, and I would dare say, to keep it simple. That's all it is. Keep it simple. We need Advent. I need Advent. You need Advent. We need to repent. We need to pray for one another. We need to fast of the things that consume our lives week in, week out, minute in, minute out. And we need to give to one another as God in Christ Jesus has given to you. Not to save you, but because Jesus has come for you. It's counterculture. It's a reorientation. It's a reexamination of ourselves and our lives and our sins. But it also reminds us of our need for a savior, a king, a fighter, a dyer, and a riser for you, Jesus Christ. And in the midst of all of this, he will always, always, always continue to give himself to you. He has he does now, and he will. So, there you have it. That's what Advent is. Take it or leave it. But in the midst of all of this, let the prayer of you be the prayer, historic prayer of the church. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. A blessed and happy new church here to you. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>